Hello, and welcome to Living Your Best Life in Sparta, Insights for Lifelong Health and Wellness. I am your host, Shaniqua Good, Licensed Professional Counselor and Director of Norfolk State University's Counseling Center. So I have joined forces with representation across various departments on campus and serve as a member of the Campus Wellness Committee. So you may ask yourself, what is the Campus Wellness Committee? And our main focus is to promote all things health and wellness across campus. So I would be remiss if I do not highlight the members of the Campus Wellness Committee, led by faculty unbuzzman, Dr. Duncan, Dr. Burwell, Mrs. Colquette, Dr. Erickson, Dr. Fitzgerald, Dr. Green, Dr. Jenkins, Dr. Jackson Nevels, Dr. Nicholson, Dr. Sullivan, Dr. Thomas, Ms. Timberlake, Mr. Ward, and Dr. Wolf. So we have all come together to create the Campus Wellness T Committee to take on various initiatives to promote health and wellness. And we know with everything that is going on in the world with mass shootings and still navigating a pandemic, in addition to work-life balance, family life, we know that it can be overwhelming. So we wanted to make sure that we promote health and wellness with tips and tools that faculty and staff can take away and implement into their day-to-day -day functioning. I would like to highlight some things that we have forthcoming for the Campus uh, Wellness Committee. First, we have active Dr. Duncan. She leads the stress management series every first Monday at 12 p.m. via Zoom. So please check your campus announcements from February the 6th for the Zoom link, or you may email me at cbgood, that is C-B-G-O-O-D-E, at nsu.edu, and I will be more than happy to send you the link. Another initiative we have is Mindful Mondays that is led by Executive Director of Health and Wellness, Dr. Jenkins. This will be every Monday except for the first Monday of the month at 12 p.m. virtually. So please stay tuned for more information on that through eDaily or you may contact Health and Wellness at 757-823-8173. And then, of course, we have this podcast, Living Your Best Life in Sparta, Insights for Lifelong Health and Wellness. And so the goal for the podcast is to focus each episode with a special guest that has certain expertise um, on specific topics of health and wellness, which brings me to my first episode for today. So what is this month? It's February. It's Heart Awareness Month, and so we wanted to kick off our first podcast speaking of heart awareness and physical health. So today I have a very special guest with me, the Medical Director of Spartan Health, Dr. Blow. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me to the podcast. Thank really you. I appreciate this. Thank you so much, Dr. Blow, for being here with me today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Busy morning, and here I am. Awesome. Thank you so much for making time for us. So can you just tell us a little bit professionally about yourself and your work in the medical field? Well, I have been at Norfolk State now for six years uh, in mm -hmm. the uh, Student Health Center. I am a uh, family physician, board certified. I've been practicing for 30 plus years. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I really like to uh, look into preventive medicine, women's health, nutrition. Um, those are some of the areas that I really uh, enjoy working with. 
We are so excited to have you here and to have your expertise on it. So because we're highlighting Heart Awareness Month, um, one thing that comes to mind is heart disease. And I don't know if so if too many people are aware that there are different types of heart disease. So can you speak about what heart disease is and the different types? Absolutely. Uh, the term heart disease covers multiple conditions. Um, and the ones that we're really going to try and focus on today are the leading types of heart disease in the United States and the world. And that's the ischemic heart disease, uh, which involves the disease of blood vessels that are supplying the heart muscle, mm-hmm. and congestive heart failure, which involves your heart muscle and its pumping action. So um, some of the things that are different between the two um, Ischemic heart disease can present with things like angina or what people call chest pain or chest pressure, or you may have shortness of breath with activity. Uh, Heart attacks are part of ischemic heart disease. That Mm -hmm. means that either there was a closure of the blood vessel and you did not get enough blood flow to the heart, or you may have had a small clot form Mm -hmm. and that that blocked off the uh, blood flow to the heart and then again the heart muscle doesn't get oxygen Mm -hmm. it's going to die and that's what we call heart attack Um, congestive heart failure can also present with fatigue shortness of breath uh, that can be worsened with activity or at rest Uh, You may also have things like leg swelling or cough that are more um, show up with uh, congestive heart failure Uh, And sometimes ischemic heart disease, if your heart gets damaged enough, that may lead to you having congestive heart failure. So there's things that are a bit intertwined. Um, Other types of heart disease uh, can involve the electrical system of the heart. I'm sure everybody's been aware of the football player, Mr. Hamlin, who Mm -hmm. had uh, arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. So his was triggered by an unusual instance, but sometimes the electrical system itself just starts having irregular heartbeats, mm-hmm. people may have atrial fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia where that signal doesn't tell the heart to pump correctly. Um, other things are um, things like valvular heart disease or there may be congenital malformations that you're born with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that and I wanted to highlight um, the heart attack because I think a lot of people are familiar when they think about heart disease they think about heart attacks and um, I took a CPR class and the instructor the instructor had said he got into becoming an instructor because his father in fact had a heart attack and it had been going on for a few days and the father didn't realize it he just kept having chest pains he would take pain reliever It will help for a little bit and then the chest pains will return. And that always stood out to me because if the chest pain is not going away, you want to make sure that you get that checked out immediately. Am I correct in saying that? That's absolutely correct. And everybody does not have all the typical symptoms. Mm -hmm. Uh, People may actually present with indigestion type symptoms. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may be complaining of heartburn or belching or burping. Um, But the main thing is that it's not going away. It's Mm -hmm. not responding. And so if you know what risk factors you have, you may want to look at that. Uh, Women in particular need to be careful that uh, they don't always have the crushing or pressure chest pain. They may have Uh atypical symptoms. Uh, In fact, my mother, um, she did not have an actual heart attack, but she was close to it, and she just kept having what she thought was indigestion and pressure. Uh, But my father also had heart disease, and he kind of looked at her and said, no, we're going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing Mm -hmm. they did because she had a 
blockage of her main artery, mm. uh, which fortunately they were able to put a stent in, and she did well for the rest of her life, and she just passed this past uh, fall at 90. Yes, yes. And my condolences to you again on that. Thank you. So when you had mentioned risk factors, so let's talk about some risk factors of heart disease. There are lots of risk factors. Uh, the ones that are most important are um, in hypertension, smoking, mm-hmm. high cholesterol, obesity. And obesity is an indirect um, risk factor because it can trigger other things. Uh, it can trigger you to have elevated blood pressure. It can trigger you to have elevated blood sugar and cholesterol. Uh, it may also cause other things like make you at risk for sleep apnea. And again, sleep apnea, you're not breathing right during the night, you're not getting enough oxygen, that can cause problems with your heart. And also, um, obesity triggers a reaction in our body that just causes a general increase in what we call inflammation or inflammatory um, chemicals that are in the body, and that can lead to damage over time to the blood vessels. So especially, um, also then, one that we don't traditionally talk about as much, but especially black African-American population, Mm -hmm. uh, is psychosocial stress. Uh, And it's not just stress. The stress triggers a reaction in the body. It it causes an increase in a hormone called cortisol. Mm -hmm. And cortisol, again, mimics a lot of things that obesity does in terms of elevating blood pressure. It uh, actually can cause your body to produce plaque or buildup of uh, material in the blood vessels, hardening of the blood vessels. And so that's, that's another risk factor that we really need to pay attention to and, and um, learn how to deal with stress. It's not that we can get away from stress, uh, but there are methods to deal with it. Absolutely. And you had mentioned um, African-Americans kind of being at, um, at risk for heart disease. Um, are there any race disparities as it relates to heart disease? Uh, absolutely. Unfortunately, there are. Um, there are the heart disease uh, difference is not that great. However, uh, in this country, um, African Americans are 30 percent more likely to die from heart mm-hmm. disease than other racial groups. Um, they tend to have higher um, hypertension rates mm-hmm. and uh, lower rates of controlled hypertension. So those are some of the things that we look at. Um, Native American um, Americans may have higher lipid levels and higher rates of diabetes. And so actually African American women uh, have the highest death rate from heart disease in the U.S. And what do you attribute that to? Do you feel as um, health care access or um, what do you think? I, I think that. it's a combination of things. I think one is women, we tend to put everybody else's health and mm-hmm. care ahead of our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, we may have those atypical symptoms. So we're not, you know, well, I don't have it because I don't have an elephant sitting on my chest, so mm-hmm. I can't have heart disease. And just not being aware that things like indigestion continuously or maybe pain in the neck or in the shoulder mm-hmm. or pain that's in the back, uh, center of your back, that those all may be uh, signs of heart disease as well. And, um, you know, not going to get your screenings, your preventive care, Mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, are you at risk, knowing your family history. 
Awesome. Very good point. And one thing um, that you highlighted, which is very important, is it's important that we take time to self-care, to go to our preventive screenings, to make sure that we're going to the doctor, not missing appointments, because a lot of um we have to, we feel as though we have to do it all. And we have to make sure we're taking care of the family, we have to work, and it's a little time for making sure <clears throat> that we take care of our health. And so I think that that, you know, as women, we can definitely do it all, but it doesn't have to come at the expense of, of your health. Exactly. Awesome. And um, just, you know, looking at the preventive care, um, there's multiple levels of care, and so we're looking at our healthcare system, we're looking at providers, and just our patients themselves. And all those different things can have a negative impact, uh, whether it's uh, on the healthcare system, your lack of insurance, lack of access to care in your area, um, whether it's on provider uh, bias. Uh, sometimes people feel like, well, you know. African-American patients sometimes get less um, attention paid to their symptoms. So sometimes you have to be more persistent and really say, you know, I'm sitting here, and I always used to tell my patients this when I was practicing, that you are paying to see that provider, Mm -hmm. and you really should not leave the office until you have your questions answered. Very good point. And so, and the other one is just there may be some biochemical differences between different ethnicities, Mm -hmm. um, and also just the things that we can do in terms of preventive care, going to get that annual physical. I think one of the most important things to start off with is learning your family history. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had patients that would tell me, oh, no, Dr. Blow, I don't know about that. I don't want to claim it. <laughs> and so I would always tell them, well, you don't have to claim it. It's going to claim you. Good point. <laughs> so know your family history. That's important because when you go to that preventive physical, you want to be able to point out to the doctor, these are the things we need to look at in particular in my case. Um, we need to, you know, look for that diabetes early. Maybe get that, you know, A1C test done. Get your cholesterol level done. You know, look and see, are you maybe having a few too many drinks uh, that might be mm-hmm. aggravating your blood pressure? Um, the other thing is, you know, one other thing we don't really think about is dental care. Mm-hmm. Uh, dental care is very important. Um, The plaque that builds up around your teeth, that's bacteria, and they can release toxins, and that can trigger inflammation in your body, and that can trigger the same types of changes as obesity or the high cortisol in terms of changing the blood vessels and depositing um, hardening of the arteries. So it's important to get your dental screenings as well. And then mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. We really need to go and get mental health you know just talking to your brother your sister your mom that's good mm-hmm. uh, it's good to have good relationships but sometimes uh, if things are not going well seek a professional help absolutely I agree and um just so everyone knows, you know, with your insurance, you have access to preventive care that is at no cost or copay. So your annual physicals, your dental cleanings twice a year, those are usually at no cost. And then also through your insurance company, you may have access to EAP services, which will provide you a mental health professional and you will be able to see them, I believe it's three to five times um, at no cost as, as well. So 
So definitely take part and take advantage of the um, services that are provided to you, and that all makes a difference in our physical and mental health well-being. Okay, which brings me to my last question. What can we do to reduce, reduce the risk of heart disease and health challenges start to blow? There's uh, quite a bit what we can do. Um, one, you know, get informed and get involved. Um, and then also remember, a lot of times people feel like, oh, I can't do anything because I'm going to have to, you know, I say something to a patient. Um, well, you know, Ms. Jones or whatever, we need to lose a little weight. And their first response is, well, I need to lose 40 pounds. And I look at them and I say, no, you really, if you just lost five pounds, mm. you would be making a great impact on your health. So a lot of times we just need to know that small changes can make big differences. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a one whole chunk of, I have to meet this goal in a short amount of time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then make one change at a time. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to change your whole life in one day. You didn't get to where you are in one day, so mm -hmm. it's going to take time to reverse that. So make one change and say, this is what I'm going to start with. Is this something I can do relatively easy? Can I get good support to do this? Uh, if it's no more than, um, you know, I'm going to cut the amount of chips that I eat in a week, cut it in half. We, we might have to measure first how many you're eating because a lot of times we don't know <laughs> what we're actually doing. So taking an inventory is a good idea. Um, something like just switching from sodas to the flavored sparkling water. Mm. Uh, that can make a big difference. So if you just need that little bit of fizz, uh, you can still get that with a flavored water in, instead of the sugary sodas. Okay. Um, walk 15 minutes a day. Ooh. Dance 15 minutes a day. I tell people, find something you like. You know, everybody doesn't like the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to dance in your room or in the office, close the door, you got 15 minutes, you know, you got an hour for lunch, 15 minutes, you do a little exercise. <laughs> uh, and then just try talking to a mental health counselor. I know it sounds scary, but just talk to one and see, you know, what happens. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Blow, for giving us those healthy um, insights on what we can do to maintain our physical health and mental health. Um, I'm sure I have learned a lot, so thank you again. Um, and thank you all for tuning in to Living Your Best Life in Sparta, Insights for Lifelong Health and Wellness. I am your host, Shaniqua Good, and remember to take a moment to self-care. This edition of Insights for Lifelong Health and Wellness is brought to you by the Norfolk State University Campus Wellness Committee and produced by the Center for Public Health Initiative at Norfolk State University.